When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Alan Clark at The Hollies and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the Wise Cabal at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased as always to be part of this Vast and growing Pantheon Podcast Network. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and 40 other podcast platforms. All right. We are up to number uh, 84 here, episode 84. We are calling this Top 5 Single Live. Um, Nice catchy title. You got to keep these things short. This is about single live albums. Um, Long story, I kind of started making a list and and putting them into categories. I might have an episode on the worst five single live albums. Um, And as this is a history show, this is kind of going early on. And it makes total sense here because um, as time went on with live albums, you know what happened. The CD age started. We started having live albums being integrated with DVDs. We started having live albums come out at a greater frequency, especially with our heritage acts, actually with all acts, really. Um, and and live albums started becoming less special, less of an event, less of sort of an action point in a band's career. So it makes sense to look at early live albums for that uh, for that reason as well. Um, but yeah, I might I might have an episode on new wave of British heavy metal uh, live albums as well. Um, live EPs was kind of looking at the different ways these things chop and change. But I thought I'd start with a positive episode. Um, you know, one that is looking at um, sort of landmark uh, landmark live albums. Uh, these are all these are all from our world, the hard rock world, hard rock heavy metal world, um, and these are albums that are landmarks for different reasons. And and I did figure, uh, you know, I had uh, you know a little bit of a more interesting way to talk about each of these uh, as well as uh, as we go along. So, uh, but first thing I wanted to do, just wanted to make a few comments on the last episode. Uh, you know, there was quite a 
a bit of debate about this idea of this new way to rank Zep. And, uh, and we got some comments in on the Facebook page. Uh, Steve Bellow says, thanks for the shout out. This episode was definitely a brain twister as I was like, how's this going to pan out? But as soon as you said sad wings was better than presents, I finally got it. Everything made sense. Good work. You know, and there were a number of albums that I didn't mention in that, uh, in this comparison of, you know, ranking bands by, um, you know, uh, Ranking them how they stand up against the competition. And uh, and Boston, 1976, is another one against Presence. I don't think I mentioned the Boston now. Maybe I did. Um, but uh, we go on here. Uh, Steve says, uh, I would never have put it in that context you did. It was truly amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Khalil Donnie says, thanks you for, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for listening. Um, Carlos Abad, thanks for the shout out. Good stuff explained about Zepp on this episode. Uh, Joseph Beck, Joe, uh, he writes in and says, damn it, Presence was one of my first Zepp albums and I will die in my sword proclaiming my love for it. Nobody's fault in Achilles stand up to anything released that year and onward. I still think In Through the Outdoor is their worst. And again, you know, I responded to him and said, this isn't about what we like and don't like on an abstract level. Um, this was really about kind of weighing things against the competition and, and even, even still he says against the competition, but I think what he's really getting at is he loves those two songs a lot and, and it's not really, you know, I, I guess, I guess my whole argument leaned a little bit towards the, the, how, how hard are you trying and, um, and technology and things like that. Right. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Tegan Jane Kaya Evans, I completely agree with all your points. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure, but it clicked. Eventually, Presence is their least creative work. So that's kind of the idea, too. And let's be real, though, I put it on a lot. Sometimes I just want a bunch of decent riffs piled together in a scrap heap while I'm working. Sometimes I just want more Zeppelin. Or I've been zep uh, once I've been zapped out, nobody's fault but mine. And for your life, or just basic little stews of spare riffs. Great way to put it. Uh, Tegan, thank you very much for that. Achilles Last Stand is a classic, although one or two classics does not a classic record make. That is a really important point, too. I can see almost doing a whole episode on that. Um, really good idea. Um, Blaze Barshaw, I like the disc, too. I grew up with Led Zeppelin, so I listened to a lot of it a long time. I burned out on them for most part when I put them on now. This is probably the one I play the... The most, it seems least outdated and upbeat. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, up, updated, out, outdated is is kind of what I was getting at in that. Uh, let's see. Um, sometimes difficult to pinpoint Zeppelin's peers at times. Quadrophenia's was released six months before, uh, or six months after House of the Holy, Dark Side of the Moon just before, Aerosmith's debut, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. So yeah, you can compare to a lot of different albums. And as I answered them back, I thought The Who always sounded a little old-timey. Um, Let's see. Um, sometime uh, in the Sir Juice Priest on the cover, introduction to this new band called Def Leppard and the new wave of British heavy metal. Ha ha, the rest is history. Exactly. So in through the outdoor, even though I said it was kind of a record out of time, you start comparing it to even, you know, a bunch of late teenagers or whatever they were in Def Leppard and it's sounding a little ropey, as Lemmy would say. Um Anyways, let's stop there and move on. Um, but uh, but yeah, so let's let's move on to this episode. So this is top five single live um, albums in brackets, I suppose. Uh, let's take a listen to this, and I'll discuss why it's in here. This is the Who with Young Man Blues from Live at Leeds. Nothing in the world these days. I said a young man ain't got nothing in the world these days. 
All right, a karanging heavy song from The Who there, uh, even though they didn't write it. Um, I had to include this album in here because people often call this the greatest live album of all time. And uh, and it's the only album that The Who put out, live album that they put out when they were when they were uh, all operational as the classic line of, of The Who. This came out May 23rd, 1970. It's the follow-up to Tommy. Um you know, I'm not a huge fan of the album because it's got a 1427 version of My Generation, which they wrote, The Magic Bus at 7.30, which they wrote, uh, and you move over, it's got Young Man Blues, which is Mose Allison, but it's this crazy heavy song that sounds really good here, and Substitute, which they wrote, Summertime Blues, which they didn't, Shaken All Over, which they didn't. All of those are in shorter versions. But, um, you know, this is considered one of the definitive versions of Summertime Blues as well. Um, and all told, it's a it's a pretty heavy rockin' album, and that's the thing people like about it. For 1970, you know, this is Who with all that 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 white hot Who chemistry, um, but also taking that white hot Who chemistry and moving it into a live environment when it's where it's really heavy. This is the University of Leeds Refectory, right? Um, so yeah, for a single live album. So again, the the concept of this episode, um, you know, a single live album does certain things to you. Sometimes you think, oh, I wish it was a double. Sometimes you think they got in, they got out, they destroyed. And that's kind of what you get out of this Live at Leeds album. You know, it's it's got these long versions on it and stuff. And yes, maybe you would have liked to have seen a double, but but it is kind of interesting the way it all pans out and plays out. And it really is one of these records that is a lot about uh, the performance of those guys. That bass player, John Entwistle, especially that drummer, Keith Moon. A lot of, lot of crazy drumming on here, and it's Keith at his, at his peak, right? Um, Pete and all the different things he does on guitar from the melodic and lyrical to uh to the noisy and karanging and and roger you know being a pretty aggressive nasty roger on this album um one of the cool things about it my copy is this as well you know it's made to look like a bootleg on the outside but it's got all these uh you know paper inserts and stuff on it these little delivery notes uh what else we got here you know letters and emi and all this stuff uh you know booking stuff some stuff about the fees and it really looks like these things are real they're printed really uh you know ingeniously that they actually look like uh actual original who documents and i know over time people have been fooled by that and actually thought they were uh you know proper you know pieces of who sundry pieces of paper right paper goods as they call it in the collecting industry so there you go um that's our first one here on History in Five Songs uh, with Martin Popoff. Let's move on to our second one here. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Cheap Trick with Big Eyes. All right, so here we have Cheap Trick from um, At 
Budokan, it's called. Uh, this is February 1979. This was recorded on my 15th birthday, April 28th and uh, April 30th, 1978. Um, so this is Cheap Trick. I, what I like about this whole idea, number one, uh, this was their biggest selling album, which is weird. I mean, this happens sometimes with these single live albums. Um, so it's their biggest selling album. It goes triple platinum. This is a band that had a lot of success. They had a lot of golds and a few platinums. Um, but what this does is, uh, you know, and it was it was uh, released in Japan early. So there's this sort of like cult band thing going, oh, this cult band, they're, they're important enough to have a live album in Japan. They're important enough to be this craze in Japan. The Japanese know what they're doing. There's this long history of Made in Japan and Kiss going to Japan and all that kind of stuff, right? So Deep Purple Made in Japan, right? Um, so um, there's this uh, there's this this cool thing of this record that's made off far away in an exotic land, um, and it's uh, and it and it blows up. It comes out February '79. It completely blows up. And you know the cool things about it. So it's a gatefold, but it's only a single. Um, cool front cover with you know the, the 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 two pretty boys on the front, and then the 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 two comical dudes on the back. Um, but um, pretty heavy and rocking and it shows their who-ness actually um you know it opens with hello there which which is this really heavy crunching short song from uh from the second one in color come on come on look out big eyes need your love all pretty heavy tunes uh so yeah need your love i believe that's that's one of the ones here that wasn't on a studio album but is pretty heavy ain't that a shame is a cover but it's pretty heavy um but yeah one of the neat things about this is you get this live version of i want you to want me which is just a little more rock and rollsy a little more power poppy than the straight poppy of the studio version so that was a neat bonus surrender um you know they're they're big huge songs so this is three records in uh so it's it's following that time-honored thing that kiss kind of invented of the uh three records and then a live record um you know they're friends of kiss they're touring with kiss i saw them that was one of my first big shows i saw them backing up kiss in montreal i think it was 1978 um but uh yeah a good night now clock strikes 10 so so all told it's a pretty heavy album it's a pretty raw album um but it just goes to show that uh the excitement of being with people and hearing a crowd can can uh, can get people excited about a record even though the sonics aren't that great on a record and vault this thing to to you know and three times platinum pretty wild um so there you go that's cheap trick you know doing what cheap trick does you know proving that they're a good live band everybody knew that about them but uh but here they are you know it's it's almost like an actor you know proving that they're really cool when they can act in theater on broadway versus uh you know the multiple takes thing of a movie or of a tv show kind of thing so a live album's a neat badge of honor um it's you get a good reputation when you prove that you can be a pretty good uh live band so there you go that was cheap trick uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here. Episode 84, Top 5 Single Live, History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Let's take a listen to our third selection. Uh, again, a live song from a single live album, not a double live album. Take a listen to this. This is Foghat with Honey Hush from Live, uh, August 19th, 1977. Yeah.
All right, so this is just like the Cheap Trick situation. Really bizarre. Um, but Foghat Live is the biggest selling Foghat album. This record went double platinum for Foghat. Uh, Fool for the City is platinum, and they had five gold records. So this is a band that had a lot of success. Um, but it's really cool. They have this album come out. Um, it's got a die-cut cover in the original vinyl with the, the big live letters uh, cut out, and you can see the four guys, pictures of them there. Um, you flip it over, and one of the cool things about this is it's got all these live shots from one of these big, massive, sun-dappled outdoor shows where the band looks like they're just conquering the world. And, you know, that, as a kid, always, um, you know, made me think that this album was recorded live outside. Um, and this this wasn't. It was at uh, some sort of dome. What is it called? Dome Arena, Henrietta, New York, uh, with a mobile. It was recorded May 10th, 1977. Um but the cool thing about this record is that um, it is it is kind of just, you know, so it's a single live album. It's get in, get out. Uh, it only has uh, six songs on it, uh, three on each side. Uh, but it's got Fool for the City, which is one of their good hard rocking tunes, a great anthem, kicks off the album. Home in My Hand, I Just Want to Make Love to You, which is a heavy, heavy version of a, you know, it's a cover of an old blues song. Home in My Hand is a good hard rocking song. And then on to side two, you've got Road Fever, good hard rock and boogie rock song. Honey Hush, which you just heard, which is like just an amphetamine level, you know, very fast, speedy boogie. Um, you know, long history of the song Honey Hush. It's a, it's a little bit of like a sped up train kept a rolling. Um, you know, it's, it's a blues standard, very blues standard. But, you know, this is one of the heaviest blues uh, versions of a song you'll ever hear. So there you go, Foghat speeding it up. And then you get them closing with Slow Ride, their big awesome, uh, you know, anthem, their big most famous song. So, so there you go, Foghat Live, uh, just a great heavy live album, came out at the perfect time when Foghat was at their height, uh, a single live album, you know, would life have been different if it was a double live, you know, I bet the guys themselves would say, you know what, leave it how it is, because this thing went double platinum, which is pretty, pretty darn amazing, um, there you go, Foghat Live, um, Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to our fourth selection here on History and Five Songs. This is uh, the Pat Travers Band with Go All Night from uh, Pat Travers Band Live! Exclamation mark. Go for what you know. A little bit of a messy title. Take a listen. Go All Night. All right, so this record, uh, you know, I'm kind of going in um, my preference in order here across these five of how great I think these albums are. And uh, and so we're up to number four. So this is my second favorite, probably single live album from the 70s. Um, I'm pretty sure about this. I, I would say uh, it fits this. So yeah, it's got this messy title, Go For What You Know, down in the lower left corner. Pat Travers band, you know, messy band name anyways, and then just live thrown in there. So nobody knows exactly what to call this record. But again, flip it over. 
and you see pictures of the band live outside under a burning sun, uh, and you think it's an album that is recorded outside, but it was recorded at the Opry House, Austin, Texas. Uh, Great Southern Music Hall, Orlando, Florida. Great Southern Music Hall, Gainesville, Florida. Gusman Hall, Miami, Florida. Um, January and February 1979. So recorded at a bunch of places. You know, this is one that really almost pains me to think of them recording it at a small gig inside because... This is absolutely one of the most smoking live performances you'll ever hear on an, on an album. Forget Almond Brothers, forget Humble Pie, blah, blah, blah. All these other great live albums bore me to tears. Um, what you get here is you, you get the, the band at their in, incredible white hot height of being this funky hard rock band. You've got the dual team of Pat Travers on guitar and vocals, Pat Thrall on guitar and backing vocals, one of the great bassists of all time, sadly now deceased Mars Cowling, and Tommy Aldridge, you know, you know him from all over the place especially White Snake, but this band also, and Black Oak, Arkansas, Ozzy. Um, but, uh, but on this record in particular, I swear this is the greatest Tommy Aldridge uh, performance on, on a record. And, and the four guys combined to just be this, this kick-ass, funky, hard rock band. You've got, and, and most of these songs actually play up to that, um, that part of the Pat Travers oeuvre. Um, the, one of the coolest things they do is is this really kind of syncopated, progressive, hard rock funkiness. So you got Hooked on Music, Getting Better, Go All Night, which you just heard, which is probably one of their funkiest songs, if not the funkiest. Stevie can be even a little bit funky. The one, the one let down to me is is sort of the fast shuffle boogie on here, boom, boom, out go the lights. But it was a little bit of a hit for them, which is kind of cool for them. Um, then you've got uh, Making Magic, you know, onto side two, second track, Making Magic, one of their heaviest songs. Heat in the Street, even heavier, makes no difference, even heavier. So you end off with with three of their heaviest songs uh, to date. Um, you know, it's it's missing uh, missing uh, Life in London, a um, couple other things, but but you know that that second side after Stevie is just rocking right to the end. So this is a really pretty heavy album, and again, it's one of those that that you think is recorded outside all your life as a little kid, but but it's not really. Um, and uh, it's funny. Um, the wiki page, one of the first thing it says is, oh, this went platinum in the U.S. And I thought, no way this went platinum in the U.S. So I went and checked a gold and platinum search at RIA, And no, it's not platinum. It's not even gold. I, Pat Travers actually had no certifications in the U.S., gold or platinum. Um, but, you know, they were a fairly successful band that, that reminds me of the success of the likes of UFO and, and Rainbow. Um, you know, none of these bands... Um, you know, I think UFO has maybe one. I, I, I can't remember. We looked this up uh, once on one of these episodes. And Thin Lizzy as well. Just, you know, they have this, they're legendary. Everybody knows them, but, they, but they've but they got no certifications in the States. Um, Thin, Thin Lizzy definitely has a gold for um, Jailbreak. And I think I think UFO has a gold for uh, Lights Out, or, or it might be one of these myths that it went gold and it and it didn't go gold or something but yeah all these bands are kind of in that thing where you know they're selling a few hundred thousand albums every every time out but they didn't get certified uh and pat travers was a big famous band that way as well love that record what a cool record um 
like I say, super heavy, super funky. One of the greatest performances of funk metal uh, you will ever hear before the later definition of funk metal with Faith No More and Scatterbrain and Dan Reed Network and T-Ride and all those guys, right? Dance metal, whatever you want to call it. Um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, this is our last selection here on History in Five Songs, and this, I think, is the greatest single uh, LP live album of the 70s. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Judas Priest with Running Wild. All right, so Unleashed in the East, uh, again, this is one of those situations where it's just so magical what they did, and this actually went platinum. This got certified, so it came out September 17th, 79. There was uh, one of these, you know, group platinum, or group certification parties uh, for Priest uh, way up into November of 89, and this was certified gold and platinum at the same time. So really cool that this record is certified platinum. Priest had a lot of success. Uh, all through the 80s, and that 80s success went back and dragged a few of these uh, these albums that you think wouldn't get certified up to a certification level. Um, an amazing, amazing album. You know, people... You know, people consider call this album sometimes uh, yeah, unleashed in the studio, and that's not really true. This is not that much of a studio album. Um, I, I believe I, I always forget how the story goes, and this is terrible because I've written one, two, three Judas Priest books. My first one is still actually, yeah, the first one is still uh, the first of the two uh, updates on heavy metal painkillers is still available. You can still get Decade of Domination from me, which has the whole story of this album in it as well. Um, at martinpopoff.com. Um, but uh, I keep forgetting the story, but I, I believe Rob had uh, had a bit of a cold or a flu when he was recording this, uh, and, he, and he went in and redid the vocals, and there were a few other little touch-ups. Whatever. I hate even bringing it up because it is such a cooking, amazing live album, even listening to this version of Running Wild again. Like, it's, uh, you know, I, I love the version on um, Hellbent for Leather, Killing Machine slash Hellbent for Leather, but uh, you can just tell this band has so much chemistry and power and they are at the height of their powers uh, right at this time this is after that genius run of albums you know right up to hellbent for leather um so you've got sin after sin in there and stained class and sad wings rockerola you know making lots of records really quickly and they're just genius records right um but the cool thing about this album is that it it is it is a true you know it it just feels so perfect as a single it's like get in attack and get out um it's got uh it's got songs on here so this is the this is the nice thing that a live album sometimes does sometimes it just gives you such a radically different version of of songs uh versus versus the studio album not not particularly the arrangement of the song or what you're going to do in it but just the production value so so when you get exciter in a raucous live environment it's so much crazier than the than the pristine scientific version you get on stained class running wild a little less so but still uh, but sinner certainly i mean that roger glover produced sin after sin album was very pristine and clinical um 
So you get Sinner on here. And also you get all these songs from across these radically different productions, all given kind of the same production, which always is pleasing to the ear. You get the Ripper. You know, the Sad Wings production values were actually very good uh, for 1976 and for a baby band with not a lot of budget. Um, but... Uh, but here, here you get it, you know, in this explosive, super heavy metal, hard rocking, um, well, truly heavy metal, uh, version green man, Alicia, you get on here, you get diamonds and rust. It's it's literally the lightest thing on here. And the only light thing, because after diamonds and rust, you get this onslaught of songs from sad wings, which, which is, you know, the band making a statement that they really like sad wings, right? So you get victim of changes, genocide and tyrant all in a row to close off side two of the original North American vinyl of this thing. This this Unleashed in Japan album. When, you know, uh, Unleashed in the East uh, and, and in Japan, I think it, it said Made in Japan possibly as well on it. It's too, something like that. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the cool things about this record as well is, um, you know, the live shot on the front is one of these staged live shots when the band is back in England. So they're not in Japan taking that picture. And one cool thing about that shot, number one, it's an amazing, amazing front cover and great live shot. But it always reminds me of the staged shot on Kiss Alive, which is also one of the most iconic pictures of a band live. You know, ironically, it's not really live, but just a live, you know, shot of a band in in all their live gear. Um, so I, I always thought Unleashed in the East had that nice link to Kiss Alive, which is, you know, in, in the hard rock world, one of the great magical live albums. But it's a double live, so we're not including in this episode, right? Um, but there you go. Uh, those are our five that I'm going to call the top five single live um, that I, I thought, uh, you know, for various reasons, um, you know, uh, you know, deserve a, a dedication and they are different reasons for all of them. Um, but, uh, but those are five examples of, uh, of a successful, uh, idea of doing this single and not doing it live. And then always, we always, you know, wonder, Oh, what would have been on a double live? And if they had done a double live, but for these bands careers, you know, this was obviously a great idea for all these bands to do this exactly the way they are. Although the Pat Travers, like I say, didn't get certified. All right. Um, there you go. If you like this show, want to support future episodes, there's always my weekly. I only go up on Facebook and put this up once uh, when I when I put up a, an episode. Uh, but you can go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff and hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. Um, they've got this $3 thing. Sometimes uh, generously people are, are, you know, doubling and tripling that and all that stuff. Um, but yes, I appreciate any support um, you do over there and like I say I do put out this ask only once a week and on that front for this week I do want to uh, absolutely thank Carlos Abad, Bruce Campbell, Greg Canillo, Andrew Clark, Scott Deach, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Kevin Latham, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Gino Sigismondi, and Roberto Vega for your kind support and fueling this episode that we are calling top five single live. Um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for your book needs. Um, I recently this week just got in a reprint of a hundred and actually to be exact, cause they overed me this time. They undered me last time. I got 167 copies of the angel and actually within a week, I think almost half of them are gone. So if you wanted that angel book, about half of those are left. And I think this is the last time it's going to get a reprint. Um, 
I still have the Thin Lizzy visual biography and the Maiden trilogy. I still have about a box left of The Merciful Fate and about half a box left of the Van Halen Unchained uh, and various other things. If you go to martinpopoff.com, if there are PayPal buttons there, I have it with one or two exceptions, which, uh, you know, I will email you back and say, no, I don't have it anymore. There you go. Um, We will leave it there. And uh, thanks again for listening in. Um, Go play some of these single live albums. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.